What's up, guys? We are back, your high street freaks. And, you know, I have one request of request request. I have one request of Ryan and all of you listening. You need to not let me talk myself into Penn State being scary next year. Like, I, yeah. you, you, you just can't let me do it anymore. The fact that I talked myself up for this game, like, I, I was, like, disappointed with the way that, Penn, like, I, an Ohio State fan, was disappointed in the way that Penn State played. Um, so, you know, like, I think we were hyping ourselves up. We were talking, or hyping Penn State up. We were talking, like, this is a generational defense, and, you know, Ohio State might not be able to move the ball. Like, it's still it's still James Franklin, and that's what it was. We're going to talk about this, but, man, that, that was my biggest takeaway, is it's like I'm mad at myself for talking myself into the fact that this should be a scary game. Yeah, he's now dropped out. Franklin has to one in eighteen on the road against ranked opponents uh, during his time at Penn State, um, which is, I, I suppose, the same number of or fewer road wins than PJ Fleck has at Minnesota against ranked opponents. Uh, <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> <laughs> it is like the okay. We're, we're gonna get into this in full for a second, but before we're gonna do our intro here, all that good shit, but. I will say just the way that Ohio State beats teams, like with this defense, like the defense being is like it's a very methodical defense, but it's not a flashy one. We're not getting big like pick sixes. We're kind of just like taking care of business and to hold them to fewer yards to play every week. It makes everyone else we beat look shitty. Like Notre Dame is pretty clearly a good team, right? Notre Dame's yeah. done very well for themselves since we beat them. The Louisville loss, you know, notwithstanding. Uh like Penn State looked like dog shit against us and because we don't have a flashy defense it's not like exciting you have big clips to post everyone's like oh man penn state fucking sucks like we beat teams in a way that takes the shine off the win it makes everyone else think they're yeah bad. yeah because it's, <laughs> it's not it's not like you're making like a big play to save the game or it's like oh this picks you know it's, it's just like they just demoralized penn state for 60 minutes and yeah they couldn't do anything like yeah, the number the number of times that Drew Aller just like dropped back to pass on third down, and I was like, "Well, Ohio State's getting the ball back." Like, you know, yeah, it it's just it was demoralizing. But we'll get into it. Um, we we were getting into it on the boards all week. Um, on on our website, if you guys just listen to the podcast, we actually have a website together. I know that's wild. Twenty twenty three, we mm-hmm. we still have a, a website and a message board, and it was popping. Um, you know, I, I think all of our all of our warriors were in the trenches against Penn State. Um, yeah. You know, I I don't I don't know. You you might have the board numbers or what our game thread got to, but it was uh it was one, I think it was one of our bigger game threads of the year. Obviously, it was one of the bigger games of the year. But if you would yeah, like I think it was come, over thirteen hundred posts just for context. Good God. Like, yeah, if, and I think on the day, like all of the game threads combined, it was like. Gosh, it must be somewhere over 2,000, like 22 or 2,300 posts in all of the combined game threads between the Ohio State game, the Michigan game, all the other like just national games going on. I mean, board was just absolutely rolling yesterday. It was really yeah, so, so people are posting, and if you want to come post with us, um, head over to meetatmidfield.com uh, and, you know, just head on over and sign up. We still have that that promo going, don't we, too? Is Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, I assume there'll be some Penn State fans listening to this for our perspective in that game, so we, we did make a code for them. Uh, they like to use, They of course, they didn't unfortunately have any of these until the last uh, seconds of the game to, to celebrate, but they used to use the word tutties for a touchdown, uh, T-U-D-D-I-E-S. So if you use that code, tutties, on our board, 
uh, you will get 25% off, I think for life. It's a 25% lifetime discount uh, on our board if you're a Penn State fan. Um, we have a few of them. We have some really great ones on there, like just Penn State guys who are fun to post with. But we need more of them. Like it's a national college football board. We have a lot of Ohio State fans because they're just, you know, what you and I do and what Patrick used to do. And um, a lot of Michigan fans, a lot of fans around the country. We have, you know, Georgia guys, Tennessee guys, Bama, Notre Dame. Uh, there's like Utah fans on there. There's Auburn and LSU and, you know, UConn and, and Pitt, everyone else you can imagine on that board. So it's a, it's a pretty loaded group. And But we would love to have um, more of everyone across the country, but especially some more Penn State fans. Um, it'd be fun to get everyone else in there. So, um, yeah, use the code Tuddy, 25% off. Um, and look, if you're not a Penn State fan, use the code too anyway, right? Save some money, come join the board. Um, come have fun and, and come uh, come post with us, man. It's been a great time this season. Yeah, it has. There's still, there's still plenty of season left. I think Ohio State is now officially in the second half of the season, which, like, honestly, it's very weird because the way Ohio State's, well, the way college football exists, Ohio State has, like, three games this year. And so Ohio State has played two of its three games that it could conceivably lose this year. And so now it feels like like I'm I'm just like ready for Michigan. Like I'm I'm ready for it to be here. But it's like, you know, there's there's still four games before we get to that point. But um yeah, it is we have full eligible records coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, man. Um so we'll 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 see how that goes. But all that to say, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep posting. Everyone's gonna keep posting on the boards and if you want to come hang out with us, meet at midfield.com code tutties for 25% off for life. So um yeah, man. I, I see I see you rocking. We're gonna go ahead and talk up our our one and only beloved sponsor. I see you rocking home field apparel today. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and I mean home field, we, we we sell ourselves as a this isn't this is decidedly an Ohio State podcast, like to be clear. Um sure. And and you are decidedly wearing an Ohio State home field apparel shirt. I'm, That's you know, right. I, I I cannot vouch nothing but objective that. journalism. We're you very know. serious objective journalists here. Yeah, yeah. man, that that is what it is. <laughs> but um, we our our website is not just for Ohio State fans, and home field is not just for Ohio State fans either. It might be the best gear that they sell, but there is a uh, plenty of other um, gear over at Home Field Apparel. And I, you know, if if you are a Penn State fan. You can buy, you can wallow in your sorrows by going and buying home field apparel as well. But, um, you know, it is, I, we are not above, we've said this many times, we are not above hawking shit that we don't care about uh, for a buck for, for a sponsored post or whatever. And if you are a sponsor and you would like us to do that for you, um, guaranteed we will do it. But home field apparel is not that we, we love home field apparel. It is, um, incredible soft uh really just stylish stylish yeah. i'd argue i'd argue um yeah. just it really is just like the best well-made apparel there is on on the internet these days um and there's a reason why everybody hypes it up and uh yeah yeah, yeah we just had new time. york fashion week here a few weeks ago yeah uh the streets were buzzing with with the, the, with with the apparel. Apparel. apparels big debut is going to be they did just drop their Heartland collection of the bomber jackets, which included a fucking awesome Ohio State jacket, uh, which I have on the way. I'm excited about that. Um, a nice script Buckeyes bomber jacket is uh, hopefully coming to my apartment in the next few weeks here. Um, so I'm pretty pumped up about that. 
Um, the gear has been awesome, man. If you, if you saw that jacket, I want to buy more. I mean, it is, it is really, really great. Um, they have a cool rewards program too, where the more you order, you get free stuff. Um, it's, it's a fantastic place. And, and look, if you don't have any yet, first of all, this has become my lucky shirt for the season. I switched into this shirt at halftime at our Dame game and it turned momentum around. Uh, so I've been wearing this for every game since, um, and if you would like to get your lucky home field shirt to see the season out, first of all, don't mess around too much. But I mean, you buy one, but whatever you're doing, don't change it up. You know, we're a superstitious mm-hmm. crew, uh, but still have it, you know, just have it and wear it on non-game days. Um, but if you want to get 15% off your first order, use the code meet at midfield um, and save some money and, and get some gear. Yeah, man. But uh, outside of that, I'm, I'm ready to get into this game. I think, it's 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 a very weird thing because I like like you alluded to, I almost felt like unsatisfied by this game based on like how I expected it to go. Because like Notre Dame, that was awesome. You know, like winning on the last second play, like the just straight up like celebration or whatever. This was just like a slow burn of a game where like I guess like midway through the third quarter, like you knew what was gonna happen and like Penn State just wasn't getting anything. Like it was just unsatisfying from like an entertainment perspective. I was very happy yes. with the performance, but just as, from an entertainment perspective, we talked up this game like this is going to be like a super close, you know, one score game at the end. And I guess it kind of was a one score game. It was a fake one score game, but mm-hmm. like it was it was just boring. But I think I'm fine with that. And I realized that it's not Ohio State's fault that it was boring. It was James Franklin's fault that it was boring. And so I'm just going to take it all out on him. That's right. And that's the correct method. I mean, frankly, if we're being honest about this, James Franklin's, it's his fault for almost everything we do, right? James Franklin's one of the worst guys to ever live. He should be in jail. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think Penn yeah, State we were, fans agree too. So, Yeah, that is, I mean, they're in such a tough spot with him. Not to like feel bad for Penn State fans or pity them, because I'm sure they will, will want to kill themselves if we say that. Uh, but you have a coach who is clearly good enough to keep you nationally relevant every year, but probably just not good enough to get over the hump and actually beat Ohio state or Michigan. Yep. However, with four new, you know, really good programs, at least three really good ones and a solid one coming into the league right now, getting rid of this guy and losing the position you have to switch it up is probably not a good idea for you, uh, especially, especially with schedules changing. Yeah. And especially like right now they're kind of in purgatory where they're always like in the conversation, but never like actually in the conversation, you know, like they're always hypothetically a college football playoff contender, but they've never made the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I think that could change when there's 12 teams. And so like, yeah, I, they're going to make playoff a lot. Yeah, I know. And so like, so that's the thing is it's like, are you going to fire a coach if you're Penn State? Like, we've had this conversation about Ryan Day. Like, you know, like, there's there's no there's no way Ohio State should keep Ryan Day around or any coach, for that matter, for simply yeah. making a 12-team playoff. But if you're Penn State, could that be the standard? Yeah, especially because, theoretically, you're going to host, like, if you assume they're not actually going to win the conference, which I think is a safe bet based on, you know, everything they've done forever, uh, they're going to host some first round playoff games and have one of the biggest home field advantages in college football. Uh, God, imagine a whiteout in a whiteout in, in December in the playoff with like, you know, Florida coming north or something. That'd be, I mean, the environment would be 
wild. It'd be awesome, right? Like, they kind of have to stay the course. And I do think, for what it's worth, like, the guys they have, like, you know, Drew Aller, Kate, Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen are all back next year. They're all just true sophomores. Like, the offense looks bad right now, and it is bad because you have Mike Yurcich running the offense. Uh, but the core of this team on offense stays together next season. The defense is, I think, just, I, I know they, you know, they were still pretty goddamn good against Ohio State, right? <laughs> Despite losing Chop Robinson for a big stretch, they were fantastic on Saturday. I still, like, they they limited Ohio State in a lot of ways. Ohio State limited itself partially, but I think the defense was very good for Penn State. They do lose a lot of those pieces this season, but the defense is good every year. They've not had a bad defense, and I don't know the last time they had a bad defense. They have a top 10 or 15 defense every season, right? It seems like um, they've changed coordinators. They've changed position coaches. It's just solid every year. Um, they should not blow this up. Like they just, you know, went 11 and two and won the Rose bowl last year. Yeah. Uh, just stay the course, just do what you're doing. And maybe I'm selfish to say that. Cause I know we're just always gonna be better than them if they keep doing this, but yeah, for them, it's still, the divisions are gone. You're not going to have to play Michigan and Ohio state every year in the future. You're gonna have to beat other good teams. You're gonna have to find a way to beat USC and beat people like that, but you've done that before. Um, just stick it out. Just do your thing. Yeah. Uh, and that that's kind of where I'm at too. And I think like, God, I, I, I said this leading up to the, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I said it on TikTok. I really thought that when Penn state got drew Aller, like I, I was like scared. No, I'm scared might not be the right word, but like, I thought they were going to be like clearly the best team that they've had in a long time when you added Drew Aller to an offense that already had Nick Singleton. Like I thought like that immediately becomes an elite, like dominant offense and they can dominate both sides of the ball to a defense that like was kind of a perfect storm of dominance that anybody could see coming, you know, years in advance. And with what I thought was going to be the best defense in college football with, you know, a five-star quarterback, a playmaker at running back, like I guess they allegedly have wide receivers. Like I, I thought this could be, a legitimately dominant team on both sides of the ball. But Drew Aller was horrific. Horrendous. Like, so like, bad. Be, beyond what I ever could have imagined he could. Like, the only thing he didn't do was throw interceptions, and at least then the ball would have been caught by somebody. Like, holy shit. Like, it was unrealistically bad. Yeah, I mean, just sailing out of bounds and the turf. It wasn't just like he kept missing one way either, or one thing didn't work. It was like everything he did was not working. Uh, none of it. Like, like he he couldn't hit a throw on the sideline. He couldn't hit a throw on the middle. Like, what was even their longest? They had the one thirty-four yard pass to Theo Johnson, which was their only pass of the day longer than twenty yards. Um, they just couldn't get anything going. Uh, there was nothing there, man. Like they 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 had two. Sorry, they had one overall play longer than twenty yards. It's like we talked about the explosives. They just do not hit explosives, man. They cannot do it. They couldn't do it against Ohio State. Um, and and, so and, and like, the kid, to be fair, to his credit, he did in his post-game interview. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I did. He just said, he said, I sucked. And he was yeah, like he in did. tears. You feel yeah, bad mean, I, for him, but I, he was right. Yeah. yeah, it was it was brutally bad. And I think the thing is, like, I don't know, like, it was it was worse than like any Penn State quarterback I've seen in a long time back there playing this game. Like 
it wasn't even just like a, I expected him to be a five-star quarterback and he wasn't like, that was like, he shouldn't have been playing quarterback. Not like, I don't know. Like it was very was like Christian bad. Hackenberg. Yeah. 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 Like year I mean, four Christian Hackenberg when he like got in shamble, you know, like it was, it was real bad. To, to his credit though, or I guess not to his credit, but just something to look forward to for him. Based on what we saw yesterday, he'll probably come play in the horseshoe again, right? That's not a three-year player. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll be back in 2025. He'll have a yeah. 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 Do we play I, him in 2025? I don't even know if we do. But, no, I, I have no idea what the schedule switched up. Yeah. Well, but hopefully. Man, yeah. It was, it was, and like, I felt bad. Like, I, I, like, sincerely, I, I, I cannot emphasize enough. Like, I, I like Drew Eller coming out of high school. Like, I was, you know, I think it's unfortunate that Ohio State didn't get a chance to recruit him because, like, the weirdness with Quinn Ewers and stuff like that. Like, I, I would have loved him to come to Ohio State. Like, I liked him out of high school. I thought he was like a top tier quarterback, but good God, was that horrific. Like, wait. Mm-hmm. And, and like, we, we talked it up. Like, we talked about it, how he has struggled. He has been wildly inaccurate against Big Ten opponents, like opponents with defenses this year. And I, I never could have imagined that though and i think the the other problem was like you mentioned penn state doesn't hit explosives and like that's really cool and fine if you're doing you know what you need to do in the intermediate game and they weren't and so like if you run on first down and get stuffed and then all of a sudden it's like second and ten and then drew aller obviously misses whatever throw you're throwing and suddenly it's third and ten and your offense doesn't get 10 yards on plays, just like all of a sudden, like, you know what's happening. You know, like, it just, when you have an offense that runs like that, it, the the margin for error is just astronomically low. And I think that's exactly what, what happened for Penn State is Ohio State's defense was just better than it was prepared to play, and they just couldn't move the ball whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was... I mean, they averaged, like I said, three and a half yards of play, man. Like, they truly just could not do anything with the opportunities they had. Um, the rushing attack, like, I mean, everyone highlighted Aller because I, I do think to a certain level um, that Aller being as bad as he was meant they couldn't afford to run the football in a certain way because they, like, I mean, they were just facing stack boxes too often. We yeah. had a lot of guys up there. But I saw some really weird commentary after the game. I want to say it was from Booger McFarland, like on like the ABC halftime of the Florida State night game. I think they're just everything was at half, so I had that on. All right, he, I just want to be clear, like like the fact that you were hearing this weird analysis from Booger McFarland on the ABC anyway, like yeah. But but continue. yeah, it was great. It was but great. That was just, that was just a very bizarre thing to say. Like, yeah, yes, I, I know. Happened. I know. Anyway, continue. But it was it was funny because he was saying I was so baffled. I think he probably just didn't watch the game. But he said uh, Penn State lost the game because it took the ball out of its quarterback's hands and didn't trust him. What? That's what they lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really confused by it, especially because they had 42 passing attempts. And what we how many? That might be the most all four? season. Yeah, yeah. They had so they had 46 total dropbacks, uh, not even counting scrambles. I don't know how many scrambles he might have had. Um, so maybe it's more like 47, 48, um, and. Uh, they had 26 or sorry besides him they had 19 rushing attempts in fact they did the opposite like they weren't good running the football but if i were them i would have continued to try to run the ball and see if you couldn't just break us a little bit the way our game started to kind of get traction yeah the fact that they, they i think the fact they put the game in his hands way too much 
For a guy that you asked to only hit shutdowns all season, which is all you ever asked to do, to then ask him to come out there and start trying to like roll out the pocket, hit throws in the sideline, like it was never going to work. Yeah, yeah, and like I, 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 I was not really surprised. Again, like I've, I've said this a few times, I was not necessarily surprised that their offense didn't score points. I said several times on Twitter leading up to this game, like I don't know how Penn State's going to score. Like, I, I wasn't surprised. I was just surprised at the level that they looked completely inept. Like, it it was jarringly bad. Like, I... I, I every part of their game was jarringly bad. Um, I, I think there were a couple runs from Nick Singleton. He had, like, two 10-yard carries back-to-back. And, like, that was it. Like, that was that was the offense at that point. Like, I, it was... I, I cannot emphasize enough. It was, like, astoundingly bad from Penn state on offense. And I was not prepared for that. I thought that their offense was going to be much better. Um, you know, even like the, we talked about Notre Dame, like the way that Notre Dame played Ohio state, I was scared about Penn state because I thought, Oh, like Penn state is just this, but better. I thought Drew Aller was a better quarterback than Sam Hartman. I thought that Nick Singleton was a bigger home run threat than, um, you know, at Audric estimate, like that just, was not true. It was a horrific offense. Or maybe Ohio State's defense has just gotten better. I don't know. Like I, I thought like to, to shift the credit to to Ohio State's defense, I guess. I thought the way Ohio State played from the front to the linebackers especially was incredible. You know, like I I loved yeah. the way the linebackers played. Um Steel Chambers looked much better this week. Um Cody Simon did, looked fine I, too. Well that's what I was gonna say. I, I think Steel did look better this week. But I still think Cody Simons probably should be so much Simon rather should be starting next to Tommy. At this yeah, point. yeah, um, I, I, mean, I, I agree. agree. With you. Yeah. I agree. I, I I thought they both played well. They both played well enough. Steel Chambers. I I called his name for like said his name in not a bad way um, multiple times when I was watching the yeah. TV. Like it was the defense played great. Um, you know, yeah. JT was J- he was awesome. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah awesome. I was going to say like they. I was checking the official box score for the last two years. So I was curious. I think they did not give him credit for the sack where he pushed Olu into Drew Eller because uh, they had him down for one, right? He had another mm-hmm. one where he hit him independently. I think he should have two sacks, the official. If you give him two for this game, over the last two seasons, he had four sacks, five and a half tackles for a loss, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, two interceptions, a touchdown, uh, and did I say four and a half tackles for a loss and a pass defense as well? Yeah. Um, he uh, He's a freak. Like, yeah, and... Like, and, and- there's there's this weird discourse that like he sucks and he's like overrated or whatever and like and I, I guess I guess the maybe fair criticism is that he only shows up for big games. I don't give a shit if he wants to come out and play against like, Penn State. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah, he also kind of ate a fair bit in the last couple of games against Maryland and and uh, he did. and Purdue. I thought like I thought he's been on a really good stretch these last four games. Yeah, um, I mean I don't I don't think that he is performing at the level of like Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, or Chase Young. No, but like. But he's, he's a still star. awesome. Like yeah. he is a he is a superstar. I think the the guy to me like he is a incredible NFL base end. Like yeah, he will be a guy 100%. who is not your best pass rusher, but is probably your best run defender. Yeah, and can get and, after the passer on a passing down, and is very very talented. Yeah. And more than that, I think he can drop into coverage too. Like I think yeah. you've seen it like in the flats. I mean, he's not going to run like stride for stride with a tight end or whatever. But like, but if, if you, you want him to go, him to, that's your problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want him to go defend the flats, like he can do it. He's quick enough to get out there. He's quick. I mean, he has that pick six. He almost had the same. Did the exact same thing against. Um, uh, he almost had the exact same thing against Notre Dame earlier in the season that I mean yep. would have ended the game there too. 
So like he is a very athletic guy. I think that he like I, I mentioned him as Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, or Chase Young. I don't think that he is the pass rusher that those guys are, but I think it's just an overall edge defender in terms of run and being able to drop into coverage and stuff like that. He might be better than both of them or better than all of them. It is yeah. just like a pure edge defender. The problem is we always talk about a lot of valuations is too many people don't actually like I recognize the way you and I consume football is not normal. Like it's probably not great to spend, you know, 12 hours on your couch on a Saturday yeah. watching like yeah, 25 it's, games. It's but totally I love fair. to do it. Yeah. And uh, if you watch full games of his, the impact he makes on a game, the pressure he has, the reps of rep consistency, like the way he influences the defensive line's performance overall, he is clearly excellent. There's too many people who are just box score watching and not even highlight watching, just box score watching to see, oh, did he have three sacks today? If not, he sucks. Uh, he's obviously a stud. Uh, he is very, very obviously one of the best players in the country. A fantastic defensive end. Just a, a, a great guy to watch play football. Just happy we have him. Um, and I know we talk about like, you know, Wolverine killers in Ohio State. Uh, he's definitely a Nittany Lion killer. A lion hunter. I don't know what you want to call him. No, that uh, works. I like that. But uh, Lion Tamer. Yeah. Um, Marv also belongs to that category. Good guy. Uh, now, over the last two years, has 21 catches for 347 yards and a touchdown against Penn State. Um, and good. like, and he started yeah. off that game like kind of rough. I think he had a couple drops and stuff. But yeah, the way he turned it around, like that was. Speaking like, of, I, the drops are a little weird. Yeah. His drop rate's officially too high. I, I'm not complaining about Marvin Harris Jr. Let's, let's be clear. He's still the best receiver in the country. I'm very happy to have him, but. Something is a little odd with that. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it is weird, because, like, he still makes the wild, like, contested catches, but it's just the, like... It, I don't know, like... I, I Okay, I, here's, here's my theory. I think that he is not an incredible yards-after-catch guy. And to be fair, he looked great against Penn State in a number of occasions. Like, they got the ball out to him quick, and he was able to create, like, with the ball. He did go out to the sideline early that one play. I was kind of annoyed by that. Yeah, he, but he, yeah, he's, he's, he's not – It's that's not, like, his forte. Like, he's not, like, a guy yeah. that you get him the ball and he creates with his legs. He's not Debo Samuel. No. I think yeah. some, of, some of his drops are, like, when he is in space, and it's clear that he's going to need to make a move afterwards. Like, they're not just, like, a he-can-catch-the-ball-and-go-down sort of drop. And it seems like maybe he is worried about what he's going to do after the catch before he makes the catch, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's something to that. It's just, yeah, it's just a little weird. I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess the, the good news is he works on it constantly with that fucking Monarch machine we all hear about every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he is working on it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm... Uh, very happy with the way Marv plays football. <laughs> not, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so um, also, also, I was complaining. I watched this with uh, props to him. I watched this with a bunch of Ohio State fan friends and a huge Penn State fan who like decided to watch the game with all of us. And I mean, he obviously knew it was going to happen. And I was proud of him for the amount of restraint that he showed in many times when people were just saying some bullshit. He just like toned it out and just like, you know, kept kept it rolling. But at yeah. one point, at one point, I like said something like mildly negative about Kyle McCord, and he was like, "Shut the fuck up!" And he's like, "Your quarterback <laughs> is awesome." He's like, "It's just like just because he's not C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields, like you don't have to like bash him. Like he's awesome. He's winning this game for you. Like look at our quarterback." And I was like, "All right, yeah, that's fair." Like, 
You know, maybe maybe he's not maybe he's not like the best quarterback in Ohio State history, which I think they've had for like three straight times. They've rolled out a quarterback, but like he he did what he was supposed to do. He you know it was it was good enough. And you're right, it could be much worse. It could be definitely a lot worse. Um, I yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll definitely live with it. I mean, I still do worry that like just watching McCord play. I still don't think he has the goods. You know, like maybe I'm maybe I'm just being too critical, but like he's not improving that much game over game. You kind of just it seems like it more he is the guy who he is. You know, like we're not seeing a ton of like crazy growth from him. You're not seeing him like pick up new concepts. He's just kind of him. Like he just is who he is. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I think though, like I've come to terms with the fact that that's probably fine. You know, it like, would be I would feel a lot better about it. I, I think it's maybe fine. I would feel a lot better about this if we had a competent rushing attack. Yeah. And I do want to get into that. So do you want to do McCord? Because I want to get into the rushing attack. I want to talk about McCord let's, let's do McCord and then or let's do uh, the rushing attack. Then we can circle back to McCord because I think it plays off of each other. Uh, I was confused by this one. Like I, I am baffled that. Mayan just like had what the fuck is our running back rotation? I don't what? understand anything we're doing. Where did he come from? I like where did he come from? 24 carries. No one ran well. We averaged two yards a carry. Uh My- Mayan looked fine though. Like I like I he had a couple that I was like a classic Mayan run where like he tries to be Captain America and fight off like three tackles instead of just taking two or three yards, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, he looked fine. I mean, there wasn't a lot of room to run. They have a very good run defense. We're not a very good rushing team. The success rate, we had a 33% success rate running the football, which is not good. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to see that. Um, yeah, Chip barely touched the ball, nine carries. Uh, he had one catch. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I, I guess the question is, it's still the same thing we thought coming into the game, which is Dallin Hayden's probably our best running back. Yeah, and like I God, I, I don't know. The the whole Mayan Williams things is Williams thing has really confused me. Cause like what what the hell has he been up to this season? Like he's been at the games and he hasn't like played. And like I maybe it's that him and Chip are too much of the same back and like there's not room for both of them. Like I, I and just, Chip's better in pass bro for what it's worth. Although he, did, pass, he had a yeah. bad he had a really bad one this week. Uh, yeah, it's it is. It he, is got, very, he got Kyle killed on that on that corner blitz. He did. He did. Um, just completely whiffed. But I, I was just very confused. Like I've been very confused about the running backs generally this entire season, and I was even more confused. Like it was fine. I think the running game was fine. I think like, frankly, like I know the numbers aren't great, but like it was probably better than I expected. Like I had pretty disastrous ex- expectations, and I think it. You know, it, it did its job. What was what's the yards per carry? The team yards per carry. Team yards per carry. The the true including sack yard is one point nine. Uh, without that factored in, it was uh two point two eight yards per carry without okay, any uh, sacks factored. That's way way worse than I than I expected. So yeah. Um, Do you know? I was just looking it up because I was curious. Do you know the carry splits for the season? Would you like to guess the order of carries? Uh, the highest the running backs have had on the year. My hunch is that Chip. And I'll, has the actually, most. I'll include quarter. Sorry, I'll include quarterbacks here. We'll do overall carry numbers. Okay. In order. Let's, let's I don't. Out. I in order. I don't. I'm. I'm not going to guess how many carries they have, but I'll guess the order. Chip. Yeah. Yes. Then Trey. 
Nope. Mayan is ahead of Trey. No fucking way. I guess Trey's uh-huh. missed a ton of games. That makes sense. So is Mayan. That's true. So Mayan, Mayan has yeah. Trey after after yep. Mayan. For then, numbers here on those first three, on his first three, Chip has 60 carries, Mayan has 49, Trey has 44. Good God. Okay. Um and, and Trey is averaging about twice as many yards per carry as, as Mayan is. That's insane. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So then <laughs> then is it then is it Dallin Hayden? Nope. Okay. Um McCord? Nope. Or Xavier Johnson? Nope. Abuka? Devin Brown. Good God. Okay. Devin Brown has 16 non-sack carries. Okay. Uh, who do you think is number five? Then it's got to be Hayden. Nope. Xavier Johnson? Uh-huh. Then Abuka, then Hayden? No, Hayden and McCord are tied with 11. Okay. Um, for what six? They're tied at six, with eleven each. Yeah. After that, it's Evan Pryor, then Abuka. Okay. Forgot about Evan yeah. Pryor. Yeah. Well, we've said it our staff. Um. <laughs> uh, and then tied with last are Marvin Harrison Jr. and Cody Simon. Uh, because of oh. Cody Simon's fake punt. Uh, or yeah, not yeah, fake yeah. Punt. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Um crazy. It's it's completely crazy. Um yeah, man. I don't know. I think the running back rotation is pretty stupid at this point. I I, it, I think it, it, is. it feels officially dumb. Yeah, it's it's really dumb. And I think like I hesitate to like I, we've obviously talked about it a bunch. I like I don't even really think it's like that big of a deal, I guess though, because I don't think like the root of the problem with the running game is the running backs. And like I think if if the scheme was better and the players that are blocking for them were simply better, we wouldn't be bitching about the rotation at all because I don't think it's it functionally true. matters who carries the ball. Like, I think they're all pretty good in, in their own ways. And if the play in front of them was developing correctly, like, I don't think that we're bitching about this at all. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think also there's a level of it where... Going forward the rest of the season, I would be perfectly happy if no one touched the football except for Trey and Dallin Hayden. Yeah, 100%. That's what it should be. I don't I'm, know. I'm like... kind of like the, the Chip Mayan experiment. Like the con- I think the concept is supposed to be, oh, well, we can't really get into the second level in a blocking unit. We can't do much, yada, yada. So let's just get these guys who at least can hit hard and, and pick up three or four yards of carry. Yeah. But they're not even really doing that because they're going to hit no. the backfield. And they they... They're, like, let's be frank too. I don't think Chip or Mayan like have that great a vision. Like, I think that's the other problem. Is no, I, I think I think I'd be fine with Chip as they seemed to be planning to use him at the beginning of the season. Is a second running back that comes into the backfield is like a ooh, what are we gonna do sort of option, or yeah. is a lead blocker? Because I think he's been fine at that. He's not a good yeah. pass for a blocker, but he's been fine at a lead blocker when he just has to go hunt a linebacker and you know take him out. But one hundred percent, yeah. So, like, if you want to do that... And you can build you want, fakes off that, too. You can 100%. Like, if yeah, you want to yeah. run the pistol with, like, you know, um, ch- uh, chip to the left and, like, Dallin I feel like we haven't even... Like, have yeah. we even seen that in the last few weeks? It's been, like, it's been... It was in... I, we haven't seen that much. It's been the offense early in the mm-hmm. year, but I feel like I've seen very sparingly about that. And, like, the whole thing about chip, too, the argument for him was, oh, well, he's the best pass pro running back we have. 
Uh, yeah, that he looked true. Sh- he looked shitty in pass pro this week. So like, I don't really understand. And I don't understand. Like, I look, I love Maya. We talked about shop a lot in the, in the preseason. He's a guy that we both like just his aesthetic, his whole deal, his demeanor. I appreciate him. I don't think he should have any role in this offense. I don't think he's doing anything that benefits this offense. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree, especially like he just doesn't really look like the same back. I don't know. I, I'm very perplexed by the yards per carry numbers. It's I guess I guess what it really was was like they were it seemed like the runs were either successful or they weren't. There was nothing in between. Like it was either getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage or it was getting five yards. And so like I'm gleefully remembering all of the all of the times that it instead went for five to seven yards and not any of the ones that got like absolutely stuffed because like we just survive and move on to the next play, you know? And also the way Mayan gets five or seven yards does like, it's a morale booster. Like yeah. he just will, he'll always like put some, put his head in someone's chest. It's like triumphant. And it's like, Oh, he fell yeah. forward for, you know? And, uh, yeah. He's that classic running back. where you just have to beat your chest in the stands after he gets first out or something like that. It's like that yeah. kind of guy, but his actual down to down efficiency is just not good enough. Like yeah. I, I, again, I, the Mayan, when he leaves Ohio state, whether it's this year or next year, He's gonna have a really fun highlights package we can all look back on, and you'll tell your like you'll like hear his name when he like owns like a real estate brokerage in fifteen years. You're like, oh yeah. man, like he was pretty good at Ohio State. I'm glad he's doing well for himself. Yeah. And you're gonna like look back at his stats, like, oh, did he suck? And then and you're gonna <laughs> check the highlights package. You're like, oh man, he had this run against Clemson, and you know yeah. this run against so and so, and it's gonna be yeah. fun to look back on. But yeah, he's like a Briante Dunn style running back. Good God, forgot about Briante Dunn. Right? Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, who, yeah. Who, uh, who famously like was barely a take for Ohio State because his dad would not stop smoking weed before every game and and camp. His dad would always like be on the sidelines like, when he was at recruiting camps, just like reeking a bud, like going out to the car to smoke in between. Yeah, during intermissions. I love that. Who was yeah, the other one? Guy. There was there was another one. Warren, Warren Ball. Warren Ball. Yeah. Yeah. It was the um the one year Ohio State had the five head. Last time we had a five head running back room, it was. Hyde. Carlos Hyde, Jordan Hall, Briante Dunn, Warren Ball, and Rod Smith. Rod Smith, yep. That was a crew. Those and yeah, like that was also like I think it's actually this is actually interesting. It's kind of like okay, it's still different because Evan Evan Pryor is the Jordan Hall comparison, but he's like obviously much worse. Yeah. Um, but like then you have Man. the Carlos Hyde of the room is Dallin Hayden, I guess. Yeah, I guess. It should be Chop, but it's like Maya's a worse version of him. And the same way that like Briante was a worse version of Carlos. Yeah. And Warren Ball's kind of chip where he just is like a big body, does nothing. Rod Smith's yeah. also kind of chip. Um, yeah. Huh. Kind of just the same guys. I, I would be I would be horrified if you told me like two, three years ago that uh, Evan Pryor was just going to be worse Jordan Hall. I mean, Jordan Hall at least contributed for a few years. Yeah, yeah. I, I am. I, I listen. Hand up. You heard it the entire <laughs> off off season. We were calling for Evan Pryor to have a role, and it took me like five carries against Maryland to be like, "Oh no, I was wrong. I am sorry." Maybe he switched after he had like an a, an a leg injury, and maybe he's just like not an effective runner anymore. Maybe they were yeah. using him incorrectly in the one game that he played. But like, man. I th- I think he's going to be awesome for Toledo. Yeah, unfortunately for him, he is a passing down back, a receiving back in an offense that doesn't throw the, the running back, uh, yeah. which is a tough guy to be. 
Yeah. Even, I mean, I wonder if he could do better than Toledo. I wonder if he could transfer back home and go to like App State or something. That'd uh, be cool. They're going to lose. They're going to lose. Uh, no, 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 they don't have Noel anymore. It's the other back. Um, oh, fuck. What is his name? They have a back I really like who's in his final year. Um, it's not important, but it, it's, I, I do like App State's running back. I, they had no Divine Noel last year. He graduated. And the back is like carries with him. Who the fuck is it? But yeah, um, I mean, I I think I think it's very like we look, man. Like I I don't. It's wanna, Nate Noel. Like, Sorry, he's still there. Nate Noel's he's there. still there. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to. I don't want. We never want to like push kids into the transfer portal or like, you know, the last time we did that, it was Chip, and he ended up being fine. This, you know, but man, like it it just feels like Evan Pryor. He's he's never he's never going to start at Ohio State. He's never going to be, especially if he's behind Dallin Hayden too already. Like it's it's just not going to happen. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, the running, the running back was situation was very weird. It wasn't effective. Um, but I mean, thank God Ohio State could throw the ball even without a Buka. I thought the passing game looked fine. I mean, I guess mm. it was just Marf. Like it was pretty much like just Marf. Like, yeah. What, what do the numbers say? Because like Julian Fleming was pretty non-existent too. I mean, Kate Stover was good. That's true. Yeah. He had that really nice catch on the seam in the red zone. Yep. Um, again, he is one of the funniest players in the country where he legitimately might win the Mackey this year. It'd be like really he's fun. Prob- he's probably the betting favorite now that Bowers is going to be out for four to six, right? Like, yeah. it's unless Bowers comes back against Florida next week or something, like only misses a couple weeks. Uh, he's probably the betting favorite for the Mackey. And we can also, which is he, he very well may win it. And you can also probably go out of his career saying, oh, yeah, but he kind of sucked. Yeah, uh, I mean, his blocking I, was horrible again on on Saturday. It was still really bad. Yeah, I've I've gone I've kind of gone the other way on Cade Stover, and like, I don't think I was wrong about Cade Stover and any of the limitations that I think that he had. I think that he he's become a better receiver than I ever he's, thought. He, he, I think he maybe are always was a, a better receiver, and I think like I, the the way that he has played this year, it leads me to believe that he sincerely was playing last year very injured down the stretch because he just doesn't look like the same player this year as he did late in the season last year. Um, and I thought he looked really good early in the season last year too. So with those two things compounded, like I think he was playing very injured down the stretch and it really hampered his pr- production and Ohio State's production. All of the criticisms that I have about Cade Stover or have had about Cade Stover, I think are actually just criticisms about Ohio State. You know, like... I, I can't be mad at Cade Stover for being a bad blocker. I need to be mad at the people who keep putting him in a position to make key blocks when it's not going to happen. You know, like there were a, a couple a couple times um, when he was supposed to make a key block in the running game and it just didn't happen. Um, he's not particularly good at, at pass pro either, which shouldn't be a problem because the offensive line fucking sucks. Like it, it, the <laughs> fact that he has to be in there to help out the offensive line when he himself is a bad blocker and we've known that is a problem but like if if you play to Cade Stover's strengths he is clearly an asset in this offense and is clearly very good um at what he does you know like he is a lumbering tight end that is going to make plays up the middle of the field and um that's exactly what Ohio State needs in this offense when you have you know guys like Abuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. on the outside like if you want to bracket Abuka and Harrison that's fine. Kate Stover's just going to eat across the middle. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. And he definitely has a great feel for that. Catches the football well. I mean, he's um 
Yeah, look, he's he's one of the best receiving tight ends we've ever had at Ohio State. Yeah. Like pretty, pretty clearly at this point. Maybe, like, maybe like the best. Yeah. I'm I might give it to Hireman. Yeah. I think the numbers support that Hireman is like the silver's probably better than Hireman, but it felt yeah. like Hireman was more you trust him a little more. Um you have to go back but before that. I, I think I think if I if I didn't have a preconceived notion about Cade Stover heading into the season, which like again, this is perfectly on me, I think that he's awesome. You know, like if if like he just had this season of tape and I like didn't have any like predetermined thoughts about him or like have am haunted by the drops against Michigan and stuff like that, like I think he's awesome and is well deserving he's, of he's the perfect Ohio State player in the sense that a large segment of our fan base will find him deeply annoying forever and never like him because of the blocking and the drops. And every other fan base will think we're insane for thinking that when they just read his box scores. Yeah. It's a perfect Ohio State player. It's going to be objectively hilarious when he, if he does win the Mackey, because that would pretty much cement him as the best Ohio State tight end in history because there's never been an Ohio State Mackey winner. Yeah. Pretty funny. (laughs) I kind of love that. I kind of love that. I'm not even mad. Like, Yeah, he's a, he's a, what? Played four positions here in his time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good for him. Yeah. Um, the yeah, perfect sure, Kevin whatever. Wilson legacy, too, is like a, a defensive end is the best player that he ever recruited. Yeah. Yeah. He'll go drive some NFL fan base insane for three to five years before he retires. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good luck to him. Farmer girl, go buy some farmland, go back to it. Uh, get your international harvester I, fired up. I also weirdly think he could be better in the NFL than in college, too. Because if like they just want him to be a lumbering, big lumbering receiver across the middle, like that's the NFL loves to do that and not. Yeah, really sure. But if he blocks, ass. if he blocks the way he does in the NFL, his ass. Oh, he's benched. toast. He's toast. Yeah. But they, they have to just like decide we're making you a large white receiver and not like a tight end. You know, if, if they do what they do with Travis Kelsey, and I'm not saying that he is in the same galaxy as Travis Kelsey, but like the majority of Travis Kelsey's snaps with the Chiefs, he's not playing tight end. He's, he's, he's playing sure. slot receiver. And so, like, yeah. if you make Kate Stover a large slot receiver, cool. But, yeah. it, no, he's he's not going to block in the NFL. Like it's, it's he, may be getting to, he may be getting to the NFL, like, three years too late. Yeah. As, like, the, the 12 personnel package kind of is, like, falling off a little bit. Yep. And teams are, like, running out of 11 personnel well right now. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, if you have that guy in the field, 11 personnel, and you were planning on him to, you know, take a hat on for the running game in the NFL. I'm so sorry. Luck. Yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. Um, but he'll get drafted. He will be a draftee. He'll be a certainly a finalist for the Mackey. I don't know if I win it or not. We'll see how Bowers does when he kind of comes back. And um, again, also, again, he, yeah. he has been great for Ohio State this year. Like straight up. Like, yeah. Like great. I wonder if I can check. Um, I probably can't do it right now during the pod, but just like, you know, receiving yards for, oh yeah, I can actually, uh, for tight ends in the country. Uh, number one is currently Colorado State's Dallin Holker, who has yeah. 577 yards. Uh, congrats to Dallin. Good luck to you. Brock Bowers is second with 567. Um, so Bowers, after being out for a week, still up there. Kate Stover is third with 429. Um, wow. So Kate has to make up the 140 uh, yard gap he has behind uh, behind Brock Bowers. Well, Bowers is out, and then uh, somehow stay ahead of him when Bowers comes back. Uh, to Let's win. do it. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, that, that's that's I'm, that's my new mission for the rest of the season. Like, you got to have some fun against these games that don't matter at all. Let, let's let's do it. Let's let's yeah, get okay, kids we'll, over the Mackey. 
We'll do a weekly Kate Stover Mackie watch on the podcast. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm uh, I'm all in on this. You know, is <laughs> is is an apology for all of the shit that I've talked about Kate Stover. We're we're gonna we're gonna pump it. Kate Stover for Mackie. I can do that. I can agree to that. Um I'll I guess get a other shirt. players if he wins the Mackie, I'm gonna I'm getting a shirt that okay. Kate Stover yeah. Mackie award. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um other players this game I sh- I'm trying to think about. I thought all three of the corners played very well. Yeah. Um they all made yeah, Jordan Hancock, Jermaine Matthews just stepping up in a moment like that was awesome. Yeah. I think I think um, Hancock and Matthews made made plays, and I think Igbenison by the fact that I, I don't I don't recall a ton of plays that he had to you make. Barely heard of him. He had that one penalty, right? That's true. Um, yeah, yeah. And he, but he was also he was very good run support as he always is too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was it Hancock I, that blew up that that hospital ball from Aller? It was. Uh, yeah. Man, that was sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sonny played well. Josh Proctor played well. Uh, Lathan Ransom was good. Like the whole secondary was lights out. Um, pretty happy with Tommy, like you said. St- like honestly, the whole defense. I can't think of anyone had a bad game. I really didn't notice Michael Hall at all. Uh, Mike Hall the, was barely the, in- the interior line. Not like I didn't really notice the interior line so much. Yeah, I mean, it just it kind of was what it was. Um, High Leak was probably the best of them, as, as is tradition. Um, yeah. Mike had one pressure, I think, if I recall correctly. I don't have PFF pulled up, but I'm just off the top of my head. Um, Ty Hamilton was anonymous, as usual. Kayana yeah. Jackson played well. He looked good. Yep. Yeah, he did. He did. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. Hit a yeah. sack. Um, Reed Carrico got a tackle. I completely did not see that. but He did not. I think him. it must have been on special teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, special teams sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I had to I had to explain to some of the fans that I was or some of the Ohio State fans I was watching with were pretty casual, didn't know who Parker Fleming was, and uh my, my Penn State fan friend didn't know who Parker Fleming was. And I had to explain that like listen, Ohio State special teams, there's just no reason for them to be as bad as they are when you employ a full time special teams co- teams coach. That's just what it is. Like and, and like if Ohio State special teams were this bad, if they didn't employ a full-time special teams coach, I'd probably be a little frustrated, but like I'd get it. But the fact that like they are this atrocious, this like poor across the board and making just boneheaded mistakes, like good god. Yeah. It's it's worse than maybe I even thought. I don't yeah. know, like even like, even the kick return unit was bad this week, because they've usually been pretty good. Like, they only allowed two returns, but those returns averaged 30 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, at least normally good at that. The Fleming, the Fleming thing is maybe kind of a fluke, but it's also it's a coaching thing, dude. Like, know where the ball's at. Like, that's that's part of the job. Yeah, I mean, and and, and it's, again, one of, those, one of those things where I just don't think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. Like, it seems like a fluke thing, but, like, how many fluke things are, like you know it like it's those i i, I don't want to say 10 like, fluke things it's not a fluke thing exactly like i don't want to sound like a stats nerd but like you could easily prove that these things are not flukes by just like doing yeah. like a chi squared test and be like oh no ohio state has you know fluke plays that are three standard deviations away from how many other teams have the you know it it just like it happens way too much for you to rule it out as a fluke but like just, just yeah. bullshit, and it's 
it's different bullshit. It's not like it's the same thing. It's just like, what, what are you doing? Like, what, what is this guy? Like, who is this? Who is he coaching? What is he doing? Why don't they know what they're doing? Like it, it is infuriating. It hasn't, I don't think it's cost Ohio state a game yet. I was worried that it could this game. Um, but it's still very frustrating. Even just like little things of like watching other teams dominate when they flip the field with a punt and stuff like just yeah, little yeah, things. Flip the field. Yeah. Flip the field. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear people say the phrase flipping the field about seven times on Saturday and I should have clipped them. I should have tried yeah. to get some clips going. Um, yeah, well, look, do you want to use some final thoughts on the game and then do a couple, talk about some Big Ten games really quick? Yeah, for Big sure. Ten games? Um, um, you want to go first? Or should I? Yeah, I mean, all in all, I think just, I, I, I think I am pleased across the board um, and happier with the performance in hindsight than I was even at the time. Again, like, I, I think it's easy to talk myself into, like, it just wasn't like a very, like, celebratory performance it was just like a, a sleepy noon game ohio state won there was never really much doubt after like the third quarter who was going to win but like i'm very happy about that you know at the end of the day ohio state could have lost three games this year and they've already won two of them so that's that's where we're at um they're gonna be if if they take care of business and ryan day has always taken care of business against teams that he should beat they're gonna be 11 and 0 against michigan and I'm I'm happy about that. You know, they they beat Penn State, frankly, better than I expected them to. It was a more dominant one than I expected on both sides of the ball, and I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, I think in a game where we averaged less than you know two yards per rush, we're worse on penalties and penalty yardage, uh, lost the turnover margin, and to still be up twenty to six against the top ten team with thirty seconds left, um, you got to feel pretty good about that. And, and also the result, the final score looks different. Ohio State, um, you know, had that what is it first and goal on the one yard line and they didn't get it or it was yeah. i guess first and goal on the nine and they got it down to the one yard line couldn't get that uh, on the fourth down with carnell tate um they also missed a field goal uh, late in the game like those numbers look and feel better if you finish those two drives uh and i think you know maybe add an extra somewhere between three and seven points to the board you know 20 and keep that last touchdown off 27 to 6 looks awesome 20 to 12 you know we still know the way the game played out i'll take it um I think in general, the defense is creating more pressure as we go on here. They're getting after the quarterback more. They're creating more havoc. The havoc rate was very good. I think game on paper had us at 14% havoc rate, which is very strong. Um, and, and McCord is, maybe that's too harsh for him. He is marginally improving. I think he is kind of just clearly a, a level below all the previous day quarterbacks, but he is, he played pretty well. We'll take what he did, especially in comparison of what you saw with Valor. It's a good win. It's a top you know, at the time, top 10 win, probably top 15 this week. Um, we'll take that all day. I think I have Penn State at 15th in my personal rankings, uh, my top 25 that I publish on midfield.com, which again, you can subscribe to with the code Teddies uh, for 25% off. Um, yeah, uh, it's a good win, man. It's a good win. We have two of the best wins in the country. I have us as number two team in the country right now behind only Michigan. Um, let's talk about some Big Ten games. Yeah, I, I so. think... Uh... I think the the first one was obviously Michigan, Michigan State. I think that was the the maybe not the most exciting, but the the storylines were abounding about that one. Um, we actually we have not discussed Michigan's sign stealing scandal um, yet. True, true. I think I think uh, people have I think people very much know our thoughts. If if you have seen us on Twitter or on our boards or anything at all, like 
all in all, it's just very funny. I think that's the we don't have to talk about it too much, but it is it it's is hilarious. very funny. It's fucking hilarious, man. Like, um, look, we'll we will keep a hard line on this. Obviously, Michigan Michigan did it. It invalidates every win they've ever had with Jim Harbaugh, even going back to 2015. Every win they've had should be vacated. Yeah. Uh, if 100%. the media says they didn't do it or actually wasn't that serious, they're lying, and it's because of the blue wall. Uh, and Jim Harbaugh should be arrested and and probably executed for his crimes. I think that's um, fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Michigan, the football team, obviously they were very good on Saturday, forty nine nothing win. Was never competitive. Michigan State did take one cheap shot, which we do appreciate them for. That is their job in this conference to take cheap shots against Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, respect to them for trying. Didn't didn't hurt anybody, but they gave it their best effort. Um, fucking Rich Eisen had his mock trial, you know, forensic debate club ass tweet about it, where he said he was chagrined, uh, Perfect, an asshole. Yeah. That's how you um, know. JJ McCarthy's balling out. He's very good this season. Um, he's hitting some throws that I'm curious how sustainable they are against good defense and secondaries, which we won't see them play until they That's face it. Penn State and Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, uh, their running attack kind of looks stinky. It's 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 worse than it should be, yeah. I yeah. I mean, with with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, like they were billed as having like the best running back tandem in the country, and it just it, it hasn't been that, and that's fine, you know. Like they're they're still obviously like dominant, and JJ McCarthy is picking up the slack on the passing game, but like man, it is it is not it is not what it was last year. Like when Blake no. Corum was a Heisman Trophy contender at this point last year. No, have you seen Edwards' stats for the year? No. He is averaging 3.2 yards per carry and has 211 total rushing yards through, uh, what, seven or eight games for them? Eight games. Hmm. Uh, his longest carry of the season is 14 yards. Wow. Maybe Evan Pryor is better than Donovan Edwards, actually. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're a very good team. They've been dominating the schedule in a way no one else in the country has. To me, they are pretty clear the top team in the country right now. Um yeah. It's hard to build context until you see them play Penn State. Um, but they they look good with what they're doing. Um, how about that Iowa finish? Eh? Did, you, did you watch that? I saw I did I did not watch the entire game. Um, I needed a rally nap there, sadly. I, I you know, the the um the night before leading into the game, it was, you know, um it was I I I needed I needed to power up or whatever. But the um the I did like I tuned in to the end and seeing that that fake or the uh the fair catch signal very bizarre yeah yeah so so like, the, the context of this game for people who didn't watch I'll just do, I'll just do a quick kind of context check in which is that uh, Iowa was trailing ten to twelve uh they first of all the number of possession of this game was insane I'm just gonna briefly read the drive chart for this football game um. Iowa field goal, Minnesota punt, Iowa punt, Minnesota punt, Iowa punt, Minnesota field goal, Iowa punt, Minnesota punt, Iowa fumble, Minnesota miss field goal, Iowa punt, Minnesota punt, Iowa touchdown, Minnesota punt, Minnesota field goal, Iowa punt, Minnesota punt, Iowa fumble, Minnesota field goal, Iowa punt, Minnesota punt, Iowa punt, Minnesota field goal, Iowa punt, Minnesota punt, Iowa punt, Minnesota punt, Iowa interception, kneel down. Um, That's not good. There were... Basically, what happened is Iowa had the ball with a chance to go win it. They got into uh, they got up to the forty yard line and punted the ball back to Minnesota, down two with 
four with two minutes left. With two minutes left, uh, they forced a three and out. Minnesota punted the ball back to them. Cooper DeGene fielded around midfield. Um, he was pointing his players away and waving below his waist um, to kind of get them away from the football. He picked it up as it was kind of dying and took it on a pretty incredible return for a touchdown. It was then called back on review because any wave of the arms apparently is counts as a fair catch signal. Which is insane. Insane because that happens all the time. Happens constantly. And there has to be, they have to look at that rule. It has to be like up or near the helmet level has to be the rule because like players wave off their own teammates constantly. That's almost never called. By the letter of the law, it is the correct call. I, I appreciate that by the letter of the rule, the refs did make the correct call. However, that sucks, dude. Like that that sucks. It's a bad call. Yeah, like nobody to not nobody call it watching live. the game. Nobody watching the game thought that that was a fair catch. Nobody on the no. field thought that was a fair catch. No, Minnesota's players were still like defending him and and couldn't tackle him. It was 100% yeah. a live ball scenario. No one no one was like acting in the field like protesting like it was bad. Yeah, I mean, it, I it, it, yeah. Yeah, I thought it sucked. I mean, but people are making the argument, oh, well, if you play better, you have to worry about the refs. And I, I appreciate that, but that's not a, a real argument. That's that's a bullshit argument. Like, teams play bad all the time. Refs are still, you know, they still have a job to do. Um, I feel I feel about as bad as I can feel for Iowa, which is not very bad. Um, <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't really ever feel that bad for them. But, um, yeah, it sucks. Cooper DeGene is an awesome player. He's going to be a great corner in the NFL. Um, yeah, the controversial ending, and then Wisconsin's game also ended pretty wildly. Um, I did not did see you... the ending of that one. Okay, so uh, Wisconsin ended up winning at Illinois 25 21. Uh, they trailed with uh, going into the fourth quarter 21 to 7 to Illinois. Illinois had been up on them big. Um, then uh, Wisconsin got a field goal with about 14 minutes left in the fourth. Pretty quiet after that. They scored two touchdowns in the final seven and a half minutes. Uh, including a uh, including a pass to an offensive lineman on their on their two point conversion uh, to, uh, first touchdown, and then uh, they also had a great pass to their tight end Nolan Rucci, uh, or is Rucci even their? Yeah, he's their tight end, yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. Was he an offensive lineman? I don't remember him. He the older Rucci was. He's an O lineman too. So they had a okay both a two point conversion pass and a touchdown pass to an offensive lineman to win the game, um, which is great. Uh, yeah, big comeback. I mean, honestly, they should not lose that game. I mean, frankly, that's just not a game you should ever lose to Illinois. Um, right. Braylon Allen basically was the offense here. He had 29 carries for 145 yards and a touchdown. Also caught the ball twice for 16 yards. It's um, a delightful change of pace when they've refused to make him the offense. Exactly. Like, just remember the kid exists, which is all you need to do. Um, yeah, he had a sick first down run, too, like on their touchdown drive that like just changed the nature of the game. Like he just bowled two guys over and willed his way to a first down. He's awesome. He's still only 19. That's he's insane. Gonna be dra- he's going to be drafted at like 19 he's gonna years be, old. He's going to be 20 years old playing in the league. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's sick, man. Um, no, but just two good finishes there. I mean, other than that, Rutgers rolled Indiana. They're now bowl eligible. They're six and two. Um, tough spot for Indiana as a program. They got to fire Tom Allen. Uh, Nebraska took care of business an ugly game against Northwestern 17-9. That's kind of the whole slate. Pretty bad week in the Big Ten, but the rest it was, of the country is exciting. Horrific. Yeah. It was horrific. Yeah. We do a uh we do a um 
Big Ten uh, survivor pool, me and Ryan, that he leads up for us. And just like looking at this slate, I was like, I this is just a a stinky slate. Like nothing stands out as like an interesting game. Um, I guess that's why, you know, I I thank God for Ohio State, Penn State. But like nothing was like before the before the week was screaming is like a must watch game or anything like that. I don't know. It just was not a good week in Big Ten football. And I don't think next week's super good either. So, um, yeah, yeah. um, No, it's pretty bad, actually. We have the Ohio State Wisconsin game, which looks a little bit less exciting now than we did at the start of the season. And you have Indiana, Penn State, Maryland, Northwestern, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Purdue, Nebraska. Yeah, it's not Um, great. It's not great. No, the Big Ten is not the worst league in the country because it has sure not the best. It's sure not the best. We have three of the top 12 teams or so in America, which is good. But the rest of the league, oh boy, does it suck. I mean, like the Big 12 is probably the only Power Five league worse than the Big Ten. Yeah, I think that's fair. The the, yeah. the top the top of the Big Ten is like elite, but man, just the rest of the depth is just horrifically bad. But outside of the Big Ten, um, USC lost again and Clemson lost again. So uh, that's what we're we're rolling with there. Um, you know, I always always happy to see Dabo take an L. Oh yeah. Um, so that was good. That that loss was hilarious too. Did you see his quotes after the game? Yes, the one where he he claimed that their mental health specialist was going to be suicide suicide watch. Yeah, yeah. wild, weird guy, very, very it, bizarre. Maybe tops the Osama bin Dabo quote, or the yeah. uh, or even the uh, what was the other one I'm thinking of here? Uh, the gods, they managed to like this quote is also another classic from him. Oh yeah, he's one of the funniest guys of all time. Yeah. yeah, he 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 has some Trump Trump in him, and not just yes. like yeah, it's 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 very much like a. I don't know, just just the things that he says. He also, like, earlier this week was on record is saying that maybe Clemson needed to lose more so that their fans could, like, readjust their expectations or something. Like, Yeah, what? clear out the bandwagon, he said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, What like, what What coach says that, you know? Like, that. that's just, that's one of the, and all, I've, I have not seen, I, I didn't know what it would take to get Clemson fans to turn on Dabo because they love him. They love him at Clemson. But it's it's starting a little bit with with, with those comments, like the especially the, the younger fans. The older fans are always going to want him around because they know what it's sure. like to be bad. Yeah. But those younger fans who just like have are used to Clemson being good and don't realize how much he made the program good. Are and you like, know, and that's exactly that's exactly who he was talking to too. He was basically saying like he basically said he like expanded in the quote about him saying maybe we need to lose more. He basically said like. You know, I really love the Clemson fans who have been around a long time and realize where this program came from, essentially. And he's like, but the younger fans, like, I don't really have any use for you because, you know, you don't you don't know what it's like to lose is essentially yeah. what he said. And it's in like, their defense, though, too, like Clemson does have the resources and ability to be competing for titles. Like, There's yeah. no reason. 100 percent. And like, especially. And, yeah. And, and, and it's not like this is the sort. it's the same sort of thing that we had with Ryan Day when um we talk about the expectations and it's like no ryan day and ohio state set those expectations i'm not the one setting unrealistic expectations and Dabo, before the season started went to his team and said every recruiting class has won a title you guys are next like go get it sort of thing and like yeah. basically set the expectation that it was like title or bust like you can't do and, that and then bitch about people you know complaining that you don't win titles 
And Lincoln Riley had the same thing. I don't know if you saw that. He, uh, yeah. he, in his press conference, I, I should pull up the exact quote here because it was really good. Um, the the reporter's name who did this was Ryan uh, Karchi, uh, who works for the LA Times, a uh, friend of the show. Um, he said, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley said USC, quote, doesn't come in every week talking about winning a national championship. I don't know where that narrative starts. In a July 22 press conference, Bill Clash, Bill Plashke, the famous, you know, uh, around yeah. the horn guy, uh, asked him about expectations. And Riley said, to win the championship, we didn't come here to play for second. Uh, so he is complaining Oops. about expectations after he said he wants to win titles there. Very funny. That's always how um, it goes. It's always, always how it goes. Football coaches are the worst. Yeah. And like, in, in the same conversation, like, I this is not a Defend Ryan Day podcast, but like, Ryan Day has never bitched about expectations he has complained about reasons why they haven't lived up to the expectations but he has never come out and said like well the expectations are too high this is insane sort of thing like he has never done that he understands what the expectations are and i will give him credit for that like he is not hiding from it and i think he knows for the one thing you can't do at ohio state you can complain about the fans say we're too crazy you can complain about like whatever outcomes there are but you understand intuitively this is the it's probably the best job in America. Like this is a job that doesn't lose. Like we, we expect to be in the, in the race and to win every year because we're capable of doing it. And um, that's the deal, man. You want, you want $10 million a year. You got to fucking win some games. And I don't know why these, these coaches and a lot of athletes too, frankly, I'm going to sound like I'm, you know, a fucking boomer on my soapbox here, but like, I think misunderstand the relationship between fans and their like, personal income level like the reason you get endorsements the reason you have massive salaries all these things is because of those expectations like because people are insane lunatics on their team that will give money to you for free out of their own pocket like that is why you that, that's fucking why you have the money you have man like if fans weren't like this you guys would all be making you know seventy five thousand dollars a year as a middle manager at lowe's like that's the deal if you want to go you know distribute shipping pallets like go work at home depot brother like if you if you want right. to you want to have the money you have then 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 that's what football is yeah but yeah it is what it is i'm not not into it but i'm I'm glad to see those guys lose continuously i think it's very yeah. funny when it happens so yeah um well man i think that's our i think that's our podcast for the week we are uh ohio state's seven or no man we're we're on the march to we are on the march to michigan uh the wisconsin game next week is kind of the final hurdle i think wisconsin obviously has some shine come off of them i feel we're gonna do the parole preview podcast it comes out on thursday or wednesday night but uh i think we're both pretty comfortable with this game coming up here but it's still the biggest game ohio state has left until ann arbor so um yeah yeah good one man we are we are just down the stretch run here to see what ohio state can perfect and improve before we're getting ready to play michigan and that's for all the marbles yep well on that note Go Bucks, Michigan sucks, and help is on the way.